0: it's tech biter worldwide i'm bill Blynn with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes that's because we leave out the sports most of the jingles the weather and the commercials podcast number 285 for march 25th 2012 It's a visual week with a new version of Snagit for times when words just aren't enough. Alien Skin Snap Art 3 turns photographs into artistry. Photoshop CS6 nears the starting gate and finally I can tell you about some of the new features. And in short circuits a $1,000 phone bill and Amazon goes robotic. Ask just about anybody who creates documentation what they use to capture screen images, and the most common answer will probably be Snagit. The application from TechSmith has been the screen capture application of choice for more than a decade, and the latest version, that would be 11 for Windows or 2 for the Mac, it's new on the Mac platform, seems likely to continue the trend. One of the most important improvements in the new version is the ability to capture a video file of any reasonable length, Previous versions of Snagit captured video, but if you needed to capture a lot of video, TechSmith's Camtasia was the product to use. Camtasia is still offered, but now Snagit will serve the needs in many cases. Although video capture isn't new for the Windows version of Snagit, it is new for the Mac version. After launching Snagit on Mac, TechSmith was inundated with requests for video. According to TechSmith, video capture has reached near-incendiary levels, with YouTube receiving 2 billion video views every day. So obviously, video appeals. So both the Windows and Mac versions now handle video. On the Windows version, the five-minute limit for video capture has been eliminated. Snagit product manager Tiffany Wood says that people retain more information watching a presentation than from reading alone. So Snagit's new easy-to-use video functionality will help users communicate more effectively while saving valuable time. Video traffic is predicted to increase from 30% to 90% of all Internet traffic by 2013, and Wood says that is a compelling reason for anybody to become comfortable with making and sharing video. Video Capture makes it possible to provide demonstrations of software, and if you have a product or service that can be shown off using YouTube or one of the other video resources, Snagit now gives you the method. Sharing videos on YouTube and Facebook is now an option directly from the program. During beta testing for this version, Snagit learned that most users do plan to use video capture. In previous versions, Snagit Video Capture was limited to about half of the users. TechSmith points to J.C. Love, managing partner at Templeton Technology Group, who says the new video capabilities are a welcome addition to the program. You may be wondering about Windows 8. Windows 8 will have a more robust screen capture function built in, but it's still no substitute for a dedicated capture program such as Snagit, which continues to add useful functions version after version. Screenshots, whether used in print, presentations, or online, can be enhanced by the addition of text, lines, arrows, and highlights. Snagit has always included a lot of stamps that users can add, but now there are even more and you can create your own. Special effects and filters can improve images or mask information that you'd prefer not to show, Usernames and passwords, for example. Text added to images will now be tested by a spelling checker. However, that doesn't mean that you can just let the automation take over and do the job for you. You still have to do some proofreading. Most of the images you see in any weekly report from TechBiter Worldwide came from Snagit. The bottom line five cats, Snagit is the gold standard of screen capture utilities. I was a bit disappointed to see that some of the bugs from Snagit 10 survived the upgrade to version 11, but those bugs all have easy workarounds, and the application is so powerful that no other choices really exist. Anybody who needs to capture static screenshots or screen video, whether on a Mac or a PC, should certainly look into Snagit. For more information, you can check the Snagit website. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website, and of course you can download a free sample and use it for a few weeks before you make your mind up. Sometimes your digital camera is just too good. The lens is too sharp. You see everything, and the image shows more than you want. Today's lenses, even inexpensive ones, are sharp, and this, in fact, has been a problem for photographers for at least the last 50 years, probably for a lot longer. In the early days, lenses were soft, meaning that they didn't focus light clearly on film. Also, the early films were slow, so large apertures enforced a shallow depth of field. Well, no more. Now everything is sharp, sometimes a lot sharper than you want it to be. Film photographers could simply smear Vaseline on a lens to get a soft effect. You could do that with your digital camera, too, but really there are better ways. Digital photographers have lots of options, and Alien Skin's snap SnapArt 3 is one of the best. I have enjoyed using this Photoshop plugin since its introduction a few years ago. Alien Skin updated it to Snapart 2, and now there's Snapart 3. So let the magic begin. Many years ago, many years ago, I photographed weddings. The cameras were big and clunky. Film was slow. What you shot is what you got. Anybody who's photographing weddings today, using a digital camera, of course, and not using Snapart 3 is probably working too hard and delivering too little to the client. If you already own SnapArt 2 and wonder why you should consider upgrading to version 3, I can explain that in one word. Masks. SnapArt 3 adds the ability to apply a mask within SnapArt so that you can remove the effect from specific areas of the photograph. This is most often used on eyes or the entire face of a subject. And notice I said masks, plural. Any image can have up to three masks. That may seem like not a lot to people who use Photoshop, but it's generally adequate here because you'll rarely need more than a couple of different masking areas. Check out what's on the TechBiter Worldwide website. I started with a photograph taken along the Scioto Mile adjacent to the Scioto River in downtown Columbus. I was on the east side of the river looking north. The image on the website had already been modified somewhat. It actually began as three images that were then combined to create a single high dynamic range image. The HDR processing was modest and was intended primarily to bring out some detail in the sky. It did a good job on that. So then I tried the stylize effect from SnapArt 3. The stylize effect is one that I've always liked among the filters in SnapArt. I set the detail relatively high and specified that SnapArt should use short lines... This kind of effect can be used quite well to create title slides for presentations, but you can also employ it to create images that you'll have printed in large size for display on your wall. As I looked at the photograph, I thought, well, this was a photograph taken near water, so why not try a watercolor effect? So I did that, and you'll see an example of a mask being applied to the watercolor. You'll also see the SnapArt interface. It looks a lot like the SnapArt 2 interface with all of the various filter types on the left, and all the controls on the right. The photograph has a sign in it that says Sayotomile, and if the effect is applied evenly over the entire photograph, the Sayotomile sign isn't readable. Well maybe I'd like that to be readable, so I applied a mask to just the sign, and then output the effect. Very nice. The Sayotomile sign is readable, but the rest of the image is that nice soft abstract watercolor. And if you go to the website to take a look at this image, and I encourage you to do that, note how gently the transition is made between the sharper area and the nice, soft, abstract watercolor area. To display the ability to retain that near-photorealistic detail in some parts of an image, I thought the pontilism effect would be a good choice. I applied it to the entire image, and you'll see clearly that the sign is not readable. Once again, I masked the area of the sign... And it remains readable. Alien Skins Jimmy Beach has created a series of videos that show the basics of using SnapArt3 with the two applications it's designed for Photoshop and Lightroom. Be sure to watch the videos to obtain a better understanding of how to use SnapArt3 or just to learn more about how the program might work in your workflow. You'll find a link to those videos from the TechBiter Worldwide Website. I haven't shown all the features available because many of them are available in the previous version. The filters you'll find in the package are Color Pencil, Comics, Crayon, Impasto, Oil Paint, Pastel, Pencil, Pen and Ink, Puntilism, Stylize, and Watercolor. The default settings are excellent starting points, but each filter offers similar modification modes so that you can fine-tune the effect, and then if you find one that you like, you can save that effect for reuse on other images or as a starting point for use on other images. The bottom line for Alien Skin Snap Art 3, 5 Cats. Alien Skin continues to place painterly effects within everybody's reach. Not every photograph should look like a photograph. As a photographer, you may have wished for the ability to convert some of your images from starkly realistic photos to something more ethereal or abstract. This is a $200 package. But, if you consider that on a per-filter basis, it would be less than $20 a filter, and if you've ever bought a glass filter for a lens, you know that good ones cost a lot more than 20 bucks a piece. I can't say that SnapArt 3 is cheap, but I can say that it's very reasonable. For more information, visit AlienSkin's SnapArt 3 website, and you can download a limited-time, free-trial version for either Windows or Mac computers. top photographic product will move up a notch from CS5.1 to CS6 later this year, or early next. But if you'd like to see what the company's been working on, you can now download a public beta, free. This is beta software, remember. It comes with all the usual warnings. In addition, it will stop working when CS6 is released. I've been looking at this beta for a couple of weeks. This is version 13 of Photoshop. The splash screen on the beta version I have is humorous. I don't know if that remains on the public beta that was released earlier this week. I will have a more complete review between now and whenever Adobe ships the final version, so today this is just kind of a quick look. Although this version has numerous additions, the biggest news may be under the hood. It's the new Adobe Mercury graphics engine, that dramatically speeds screen display. The improvements are particularly noticeable when working with high-power modifications such as Liquify, Puppet Warp, Transform, and lighting effects. The most visible change, though, is in the user interface, or UI. It's more refined, darker. If you've used Adobe's Lightroom, you'll recognize the look of the new Photoshop. Most of the menus have at least a few new items, and some of the menus contain many new or improved features. You'll find links on the TechBiter Worldwide website to some videos that have been provided by Adobe to show off some of the new features. And I'd like to chat briefly about a couple of them. First, there's Content Aware Move. If you've seen Content Aware Fill and the various healing tools that are built on that, you know what this is going to do, but you may not believe it even after you've seen it. I have used it on my own images, and I'm still not sure that I believe what I saw. On a later program, I'll show you this effect with my own image, but I can say this much right now. I started with a photo from several years ago of my daughters on a rock in southern Ohio. I drew a very rough outline around them and then moved them forward on the rock. Because my selection had been intentionally so sloppy, I expected them to be surrounded by huge, visible transition artifacts. Instead, the transition was nearly perfect and it would have required substantial touch-up work in only a few small locations. A more careful selection would have produced even better results. If you're working with big images, and these days if you're working with raw images, they're pretty much by definition big images, background saves will save you a lot of time. That is to say that you can save an image, and without waiting for the save to finish, you can move on to another image. And if you've used some of the filters such as Liquify in previous versions, you've probably noticed some performance degradation. That is now gone. Ever want to add a dashed line or any kind of line to a vector layer in Photoshop? (laughs) Good luck. Well, good luck until now. Your luck will improve in CS6. This may seem like a minor point, and really it is, at least until you want to add a dashed line, and then it's kind of a major thing because you can't do it. Lines have been one of Photoshop's weak points for years, and it's great to see that this is being addressed. There are some improvements in Camera Raw. Camera Raw isn't really just for raw images. It's much more powerful with raw images, but you can use it for JPEG images too. And this isn't really a new feature, but it's more powerful than it was. What is new is the ability to bring out extreme detail from JPEG images, detail that you had no idea was there. And that includes improving JPEG images mobile devices. You can try this stuff, too. The Photoshop CS6 Beta is available immediately as a free download in English and Japanese. Users will be required to provide an Adobe ID to complete a one-time login and online product activation. If you don't have an Adobe ID, obtaining one is free. For information about how to install the Photoshop CS6 Beta, visit the Adobe Photoshop 6 website. You'll find a link on the TechBiter Worldwide website, Customers can submit feedback, and Adobe wants that feedback, via the Photoshop CS6 beta forum. So I've provided that link also on the TechBiter Worldwide website. And users can connect with the Photoshop team in the community-powered site feedbackphotoshop.com. And guess what? There's a link to that on the TechBiter Worldwide website, too. In short circuits, my Verizon bill is nearly $1,000. <laughs> How amusing. Now, If a Verizon bill showed up in your email and suggested that you owed $925.53, would you quickly click one of the links in the message? That's clearly what some fraudsters are hoping. They're also hoping that I might not notice these points. Number one, I don't have a Verizon account. Number two, the message was sent to me at my office address. Number three, I don't receive my cell phone bill by email. And number four, if I did receive my cell phone bill by email, it wouldn't be to this email account. And number five, the message was also sent to half a dozen list addresses and team addresses at the office, and to several people who haven't worked at the company in the past five years. Now, except for those glaring fraud indicators, the message looked entirely legitimate. <laughs> Uh, Accept no substitutes. Now, why would Amazon.com want to buy a company that makes robots? Wait, wrong question. The right question is this one. Why hasn't Amazon already bought a company that makes robots? Amazon says that it will acquire Kiva Systems for $775 million in cash. Kiva Systems makes robots that are used in warehouses. Amazon, of course, has a lot of warehouses. Robots can perform pack-and-stow operations faster and more accurately than people, and because they're small, robots don't need the wide aisles that are needed by people. Closer packing reduces cost and speeds picking operations. Kiva was founded in 2003 by a former employee of Webvan. Remember Webvan? It died during the dot-com implosion. It was an online grocery delivery service that seemed like a good idea, except for the fact that most people seem to want to select at least some of their own foods, fruits and vegetables, for example. Fast forward to today and you'll find Kiva robots and warehouses owned by companies such as Staples and The Gap, and of course Amazon. Amazon continues to add distribution centers and to heavily promote its $80-per-year prime service that provides no extra charge, two-day shipping for customers. The company's current build-out plans will result in nearly 70 warehouses around the country. This would be Amazon's second-largest acquisition. In 2009, Amazon acquired shoe and accessory retailer Zappos.com for $847 million. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the weekly podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. All music on TechBiter Worldwide is licensed under the Creative Commons, and information about performers is on the website, www.techbiter.com. I'm Bill Blynn, and if you'd like, you can also send me a message from the website. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you again in a week.